honest with you, that anyone else could conceivably be considered the best cornerback on the Steelers other than Joe Hayden. Until Steven Nelson declared himself as such. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every weekday morning, bright and early, if you're into hockey and or baseball. And I can't imagine that you would have been into either of those things last night. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Steelers if you're curious to hear what I have to say on those subjects. Nelson generated his own news amid all that misery yesterday. First, he went on to Sirius XM Radio and spoke openly and candidly, at least in his mind, about what happened to him and the Steelers, how it is that it went wrong. And and he didn't really break any ground there. He said that um, they did talk about an extension, that he wanted one. The Steelers obviously weren't going to be doing anything like that when they're in the process of whacking cap hits all over the place. And Nelson, had he stayed in Pittsburgh with everything else untouched, would have counted $14 million against that cap hit with $8.25 million of it being base salary. This was going to be the final year of his three-year $25.5 million contract. And he's been good. He was really, really good in 2019, and then he was just kind of good in 2020. So all things being equal and all other circumstances being thrown out, keeping him would have been a nice option. Between Nelson and Hayden, the Steelers were, I'll use the adjective again, really good. Really good at that position. But it didn't work out that way. The Steelers have all kinds of other needs. They had all kinds of cap issues. And that was the end of that. Nelson asked for an extension. The Steelers tried to do right by him by letting him and his agent try to go and negotiate their own trade to get out. Then Nelson goes on to Twitter and refers to himself as being in a hostage situation when the Steelers had take it exactly the opposite action of that. The Steelers release him in less than an hour following that tweet, and he's still talking, and he's still angry about something. Our Dale Lolly, our beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, a couple weeks back when he when Nelson was cut loose made it very clear and got sourced information from inside the Steelers and I know who the source was that's not the sort of thing we give out but I, you know we share that stuff with each other and I know who it was and I know it was somebody really reliable told Dale that Nelson's performance was an issue that they felt that, you know, Cam Sutton was a guy that could outperform him. Fine. It's one person's opinion. It's a stance. Dale does his job as a reporter 
and he reports it. Well, somebody on Twitter tells Nelson about Dale's report. Nelson goes to our site, reads about it, gets really angry, goes at Dale. First publicly and then, and then, and then directly to him. And he gets angry. And he says, and I'm now going to read this out loud. Why would the highest paid corner ride the bench? Believe me, that's not what I was told, so get your facts straight. I've never run from any competition, and no knock on Cam Sutton, but I'm the best, was the best corner on that team. This is simply called a cap casualty situation. Ooh, a lot to unpack there, huh? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They've been representing injured people in car accidents, people who have needed help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics. They've also been ranked among the top 5% of attorneys in all of Pennsylvania. Rare, rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City. You can learn more about them online at lgkg.com. To a man, the Steelers will swear by Nelson. They'll do it even now. They'll do it even now after he's made a fool of himself these last few weeks. First with the hostage nonsense. And now by declaring himself retroactively, the best cornerback on the team. I'll say it again. He was very good in 2019 and good in 2020. Joe Hayden is so far above Nelson's level, it's not even interesting. It doesn't even make for a remotely compelling debate. There isn't even an argument to be had in Nelson's favor. In 2019, the main thing that Nelson did was benefit from no passes being thrown in his direction. Now, that is always to any corner's credit, much less an island corner. And Nelson and Hayden are both charged in the Keith Butler defense with being island corners, meaning they don't get a lot of support. That way you can keep Terrell Edmonds close to the line of scrimmage and you can have Minka Fitzpatrick just basically freelance and pick out his interceptions. They were very good together, Nelson and Hayden. Hayden outperformed him in every metric that exists, advanced or otherwise, old school or otherwise, interceptions, passes, defensed, intricate grade stuff. Hayden was better. Hayden also has been significantly better over the course of his career. The fact that Hayden is still better now when he's markedly older than Nelson should tell you all that you need to know about how unfair that fight would be when extrapolated to cover their full careers. On top of that, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. The Steelers made a decision. They wanted to keep Cam Sutton. They're paying Cam Sutton 
roughly half, uh, a little more than half of what Nelson would have gotten, and they, and they got him at a much lower cap hit. They did that while telling Sutton that he would have a chance to play outside, which is something Sutton has wanted to do for a while. He's shown his proficiency inside. He's also been pretty good outside and could make a much nicer career for himself by getting out there on a permanent basis. What the Steelers told him was that he'd have to beat out Justin Lane or James Pierre. It's a challenge that they put forth to him. They didn't make any promises other than that he'd have the opportunity. If Lane and or Pierre outperform Sutton in that regard, in off-season practices, training camp especially, preseason, when we start doing that again, then it's simple enough to slide Sutton back to the inside. But it's also reasonable to think that the Steelers could say, hey, Sutton is someone who can do the same things that Nelson did if he's outside. It's an entirely plausible scenario. Even if you, you know, doubt whether or not that was something that the Steelers were influenced by when they made their decision. Look, I don't doubt for a second that this was a cap issue. I I don't think anybody could. More than $14 million of a cap hit in your second, maybe third best corner is impossible. It's inconceivable in this scenario. So the Steelers did what they had to do, but it's also not out of the realm of possibility that they felt that there was a better choice. It just isn't. I mean, if you want to strip away everything else, they kept Cam Sutton and they let Steven Nelson go 100%. As Nelson acknowledged himself yesterday, there was never a serious discussion had between him and the Steelers' management about staying at some reduced rate. They never let it come to that. They told him, you're gone. You're out of here. They didn't lift a pinky finger to keep him. I mean, you know, read the room, man. Read the room. When we come back, just one question. Dupree. I think, Clint, that having Bush back will offset certain facets of the defensive side of the football. There was a lot lost when he was gone. There were a, there was a lot that other players had to do to compensate for the unusual and not easy to replicate qualities that Bush brings. Just as a small example, teams couldn't throw a screen pass 
against the Steelers to save their lives. And what do you do when a team is blitzing, blitzing, blitzing? You throw screen passes. You put it over them. They couldn't do that. And I'm referring to when Bush was healthy. So you had TJ and Bud and, and the whole house coming. And they knew they couldn't just dump it off to somebody because Devin Bush was going to be all over that. Devin Bush was going to be as fast as anybody that, or faster as anybody that you sent out for that play. You weren't going to be able to push the, the, the panic button there. That's just a small thing. His ability to go sideline to sideline, his his wrap and tackle ability, his run stopping ability, it's, it's not elite because he's not a super big dude, uh, but he'll he'll make the play. You're not going to beat him on a routine run play. And he also has the ability to drop into straight and normal coverage better than any other inside linebacker that they have. And that, that's that's probably coming across as damning him with faint praise, but it's still true. Devin Bush is going to make this defense better when he comes back. And remember, too, that Devin Bush, you know, they traded up into the top ten. To get him, this is supposed to be an elite talent. He has elite pedigree. Nowhere is it decreed that he's done. He can continue getting better, and he can pop his head through the roof and show everybody something special. So can he offset things on the defense, yes. I'm, I'm the reason. If it sounds like I'm cringing here, Clint, it's because what he does has nothing to do, and you know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. With what Bud did and what Nelson did, but he can make his own special impact where he is. If Butler and Tomlin do their jobs and make sure that his skill set is being maximized. It can be that much more impactful. What's going to offset the loss of both Bud and Nelson is going to be their replacements. Simple as that. There's not there's not anything else to it. There's not anything else to it. Alex Highsmith has to play at a level. It doesn't have to be Bud in year five level, but he has to play at a level where the offense can't cheat where the offense can't expose him the way, it, uh, oh, wow, I can't remember which team it was that did this, that ran the uh, inside against him and just completely obliterated him for a running touchdown. I'm sure most of you listening right now are, are yelling at your devices because you remember the exact team. I don't off the top of my head. But that that's the kind of thing that can't happen. And he'll get better and he'll get smarter and he'll get more experienced. He probably never saw a play like that in college. But more than anything, he needs to put the pressure on from that side to make sure that nobody's going over and double teaming or even chipping TJ. Nelson's spot, as we just mentioned in the first segment, has to be taken by Lane or Pierre or Sutton. One of the three. And by the way, if you're not familiar with Pierre, you probably ought to be because he ended up taking some snaps late last season that at least theoretically, should have gone to Lane. So I think the Steelers think a fair amount of Pierre, even though he's undrafted out of Florida Atlantic. Uh, he showed them something. He showed them something in practices, and, and 
enough to get on the field and enough to take action away from a draft pick, you know, fourth rounder in lane. So this is this is the challenge that's in front of the Steelers. They have to have that whole standard is the standard uh, mentality, but also the application. It's not done. This defense isn't done. Mark my words. There's something that's still going to come into this equation that's going to make it all make more sense. Remember this. As long as Sutton is involved in this discussion about the outside, the Steelers as a football team can't afford to lose both Hilton and Sutton from the middle of the football field. That can't happen. And Bush, while he helps having him there, having his presence there, he's not going to make up for what those two can do and have done at the slot corner position. Thanks for the question. Good stuff, Clint. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another Daily Shot of Steelers. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.